Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom and I'm privileged to be studying Sefer Divrei Hayamim with you. In this series we study one chapter of Tanakh per podcast and we are now reading the story of Yehoshaphat's kingdom in Divrei Hayamim, Bet Perak Chaf. And in the last couple of Prakim, Yehoshaphat successfully uh, made it, survived the battle uh, that he fought alongside Ahav against Aram, even though Ahav was killed. And then Yehoshaphat in the previous para came back and um, uh, and established judges throughout the land, brought everybody to Chuva. And now we're going to hear about another war, a little bit of background. Uh, during David's time, the three nations that surround us on the east, towards the southeast, east to the southeast, uh, Ammon and Moab and Edom, the first two children of Lot and the other Esav, uh, nations who we are not supposed to intermingle with too much or marry into, uh, were all subjugated to David. Uh, along later times, we find uh, after the splitting of the kingdom, uh, that they are under one or the other of the uh, Jewish kingdoms. Uh, and then we find in Sefer Malachim, uh, later on, a little bit later than this period, a rebellion of Moab against Yehuda. But in the meantime, uh, from the perspective of Divrahimim, Vahi Acharechein, Ba'ovne Moab, Uvne Amon, Ve'imahem Meha'amonim al Yehoshaphat Melchamat. Now, who are the Ammonim here, if not Bnei Ammon? So the suggestion is that they are really Me'unim from Ma'on, and uh, Arabs who live in the in the um, in the southern parts of the uh, Arava, and that they join in with Bnei Ammon and Bnei Moab to go to war against Yehoshaphat. Uh, um, these are um, are groups that perhaps much earlier in history had shown up, perhaps in the period of the Shoftim, aligning with Midian. In any case, so the word came to Yoshafat, Now, there's a strange phrase here coming from three different directions, because this group is coming from the south and the east. We're then told that a great nation is coming, which normally means from the sea, from the Mediterranean, and then it's Me'aram, which is from the northeast. So the sense is that Me'aram somehow perhaps means the Kinneret, and Me'aram may mean that they were uh, sort of pushed into this by the king of Aram, who is uh, trying to attack uh, Yehuda through his proxies. Uh, in any case, they certainly are coming from the south. And we find out that they are in a place called Chatzotzon Tamar, which we know as Ein Gedi. We know where Ein Gedi is, on the Dead Sea, uh, just on the west bank of the Dead Sea. And the geography in this particular parak will play a critical role. Chatzotzon Tamar is mentioned, of course, as early as uh, Rashid Yudalin in the record of the War of the Kings, uh, as one of the places that the four kings came and conquered on their way to quash the rebellion. Uh, and Yoshafat did what we hope that he would do, as he turned to seek out God, and he declared a fast for all of Yehudah. Now remember, in the previous parak, he had set up Shoftim to teach everybody the right way to do things, so now they're putting that into action. Remember, of course, that in the times of his father, Asa, there was also a great attack from the south. That was from Africa, from the Kushim. Uh, and Asa sought out God, and the Kushim were rebelled, were repelled. 
uh, we're going to see the same thing happen here. They all gather to seek out God's assistance. They came from all the cities, and it sounds like they came to Yerushalayim to seek out God's help. So he stood there in the Mikdash, or in the Azarad, before the new courtyard. And uh, whether there was a new courtyard, or whether it was, as Chazal say, a courtyard that they had made a tikkun in, and made more room in, and fixed it up, in any case, that's where he is. And he said the following, and this is a tefillah, which on the one hand... Um, uh, invokes Shlomo's tefillah, the dedication of the Beit HaMikdash, Malachim Aleph Perak On the other hand, uses terminology that's very familiar from Bayit Sheni tefillot that we have in Sefer Nechemiah, etc. Vayomar, Adonai Elohei Avotenu, Halo Atahu Elohim Bashamayim, you are the God in heaven, Vatah Moshe Avachom Mochot HaGoyim, and you rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. You have the power, and no one can stand up against you. Hello, Eloheinu, you're our God. You dispossessed the, the, inha- the inhabitants of this land. In favor or in, play, in, in the uh, spot, in, in favor of your nation Israel, so that we could inherit it. And you gave it to the seed of Abraham, your friend, forever. And we say, and they live there, we live there. And we built a Mikdash, or they built a Mikdash for your name, and in that they said, and we're in that Mikdash now. So place and history and tefillah all coming together. If evil comes upon us, cherev, shvot, here shvot is like shvatim, like plagues, a sword, v'dever, v'ra'av, if there's a plague, if there's a famine, we will stand in front of this house, in front of you, your name is on this house. We will call out to you, cry out to you from our pain, and you will hear us and you will save us. This again is echoing Shlomo's tefillah. Dever ki, ra'av ki, etc. And now it's come down to that. Har Seir evidently is a, is a reference to these Amunim that we mentioned. You have not allowed us to marry with them. When we left Pitzrayim, you warned us not to have anything to do with them, not to engage with them, and not to intermarry with them. And indeed, what happened? We backed off, as you told us, not to go to war with Amon, Moab, or Adom, and we didn't destroy them. And now we're paying the price because they're around to try to destroy us. Now they're repaying us, meaning repaying our good kindness for leaving them alone with evil to try to destroy us. They want us to, to exile, send us out from the inheritance that you gave to us. So you judge them. We don't have the power. We cannot overcome this huge army. We don't know what to do. Our eyes are cast to you. You take care of us. All of you who does there, they're there with their children, with their wives, with their kids. Everybody's there, the little babies and the kids. 
And then, again, we have a Navi, a Navi that we did not hear about elsewhere, V'yachziel ben Zechariah ben B'nayah ben Ye'iel ben Matanyah Halevi mi'b'nei Asaf. So a descendant of Asaf, remember Asaf was one of the uh, choral leaders that David had assigned for composition and for playing in the Mikdash. And now one of his descendants, Allah he is imbued with the spirit of Hashem, Petoch kahal, right there with the people. Vayomer, and then he declares, and this is God's word, Akshivu kol Yehuda v'yoshvei Yerushalayim. Listen, all of Yehuda v'yoshvei Yerushalayim, people live in Yerushalayim, v'yamelech Yoshafat, the king as well. Ko'ama Adonai Lachem, this is what God says. Atem al tiru ve'al techat umnei hamon harav hazeh. Do not be afraid, do not be scared from this big nation. Ki lo lachem amalchama, ki Elohim. The war is not yours, the war is God's. And now we're going to hear phrasing that takes us all the way back to Kriyat Yamsuf. Machar v'du alehem. Tomorrow you're going to go down on top of them. Hinam olim v'malehatzitz. Now notice, you're up in your shalim. They're down in Ein Gedi. They're going to come up. You're going to go down to meet them, and they're going to be coming up through a canyon which is called Malehatzitz. Evidently, it's a canyon that comes from around Ein Gedi up to the direction of Tekoa. Umetzatem otam besofanachal. You'll find them at the end of that wadi. Play midbar Yeruel. Right facing the Midbar, the grazing area of Yeruel. Yeruel may be a uh, a name for Yerushalayim. It might be the grazing area that's on the outskirts of Yerushalayim. Lo lachem li lachem bazot. Don't go to fight. Hityatzvu. Exactly the word we find Moshe saying to Bnei Yisrael, Kret Yamsuf. Hityatzvu. Stand. Imdu. Stand, stand up. Uru'ut Yeshuat Adonai Machem. See God's salvation with you. Don't be frightened, don't be scared. You go out in front of them and God is with you. You go out to fight and nothing to be afraid of. Yoshafat obviously believes this and he believes it to be God's word. He bows on his face. And everybody there fall, fell on their face before Hashem to prostrate themselves before Hashem here in the Azarat. So the Levim from Kahat and from Korach, B'nei Korach, who were the singers, they started singing Hallel, but Kol Gadol with a very powerful voice, singing Hallel over victory that, of course, hasn't happened yet. They got the next morning, the day they're supposed to go to this battle, or to watch it happen. So they go south to Tekoa and to the grazing area around Tekoa, Yoshafat is standing there, the king. He says, Hear me, citizens of Yudavim You must trust in Hashem, and then your trust will be rewarded. Trust his prophets, this prophet here, and you will succeed. Malim Lahadrat Kodesh. He sets up singers and praisers. But Sait Lifnechalut, standing in front of the army, going out in front of the army. Viomrim and they say, Hodulagunai, Kidir Lam Chasto. Give thanks to Hashem for his kindness is great. Of course, the assumption is Hodulagunai Kitov Kilam Chasto, and Kitov was delighted here. However, Chazal have the very famous comment that there is no Kitov here because even though we're going to win the war, there is sadness on Akodesh Baruch's part that his creatures are dying. And now let's hear what actually happens when they go to war, when they go out to watch. 
And so when they start singing this praise, God puts an ambush against Ammon and Moab and Harseir, uh, and they are plagued. Now, what does that mean? Is there really a group that's ambushing him, or do they make them think there's somebody who's an ambush there, and they start suspecting each other, this loose alliance of these southern tribes, they start mistrusting each other and going to war against each other. And this reminds us of the war of Gidon, where he set the Midianim against themselves by frightening them in the middle of the night. And so, Bnei Amon Moab destroyed these other group of Harseir, when they finished them off, they sort of helped each other kill each other. So, Bnei Yudar watching, all of their enemies gathered, destroying each other. And they're watching from the side. They came from the, the, the view site. By the time they get there, there's just a lot of carcasses there. It could be carcasses of animals, uh, carcasses of people, it seems. Nobody's, nobody is running away. Everybody's dead. So and the army came to pillage the loot. They found lots of they found property, they found animals, they found dead bodies, which mean, may mean dead animals, and those are pelts, so they may mean dead people, and they have jewels on them. They took so much, they couldn't carry it anymore. It was three straight days of just pillaging. On the fourth day, they came to a place called Emek Prachan. Now, Either it's called Emek Bracha because it was previously called Emek Bracha, and it may be a place that had wells, if you think about Achsa's words to Kalev, uh, in both Yoshua and Shoftim, uh, Havali Bracha, and she asked for water, so it may mean that there were waters there, it may, could be that this was a valley that had no name, and because they blessed God, it got called Emek Bracha, we have the same problem with Emek Achor, and many other places that seem to be named after they're named. The text here indicates that that's why it's called Emek Bracha. question is, was that the original meaning? So they all come back, and Yoshavat's leading them. They come back to Yoshalayim happy. God elated them from their enemies. They come to Yoshalayim with all of these instruments, to Hashem's house. And God's fear was on all of the nations. When they heard, when they heard that Hashem is fighting against the enemies of Israel, and now Yoshafat has quiet, and there's no enemies that are affecting him, and everything is quiet. He can focus on domestic issues. Now we get the recap of his kingdom. Sort of his biography of Melchior Shavad El Yehuda. He was 35 when he became king. He was king in Yerushalayim for 25 years. Died at 60. That's his mother. We always get the name of the mother at the king's death. He followed his father, Asa. Asa, the earlier Asa that we favored. Again, doing what's right in God's eyes. However, again, the Bamot are not gone. And this is written from a perspective of post-Chizkiah or post-Yoshiah when the Bamot are gone, saying then they haven't gotten there yet. 
The people had not properly focused their hearts. They're the God of their fathers because they still had the Bamot. In other words, they were good, but not perfect. Again, Yoshafat's, all of Yoshafat's deeds, his earlier ones, his later ones, where do we draw the line? Was that before and after the Achav incident? So this prophet, Yehuba Hanani, who we met in the previous parak, um, is sort of the court prophet of, uh, of Yoshafat. Asher Ho'Allah, I'll say from Alchei Yisrael. And so the record of Yoshafat in Sefer Malachim, we're saying, is credited to the authorship of Yehuvan Hanani. V'yachrechein et chabar. Et chabar is an Aramaic form of hit chaber. Yoshafat melech Yehuda im achazia melech Yisrael. But remember, Yoshafat is married into Achav's family. So Achav died, but, you, but Yoshafat still has the ties. So he reconnects with Achaziahu, who is Achav's son, who takes over for him. Who here she Allah sot? Now, the indication, of course, that's Achaziah. Achaziah was wicked, which means that in spite of Yehoshaphat's loyalty to God, he did not accept the Navi's rebuke, and he maintained relationships with the house of Omri. And we'll see what comes of that. They made a joint venture to uh, to have a merchant marine. And they also made uh, boats in the area of Etzion Gavir, which is near Eilat. We have a particular Navi here, Eliezer ben Dovahu, from, from the town of Maresha. When you joined ranks with Achaziah, God has destroyed your deeds, meaning has is going to block your success. And indeed, the boats fell apart and were not able to continue going, El Tashish, and that particular venture failed. And what we see here, both from this very last Nevoah and from the earlier Nevoah of Yehub and Hanani, um, uh, in the beginning of Perak Yotet, is that it is Hashem's interest that the southern and northern kingdoms do not join, at least as far as long as the northern kingdom is ruled by someone who is not loyal to Hashem. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up in the next podcast in Perak Chaf Aleph. Meantime, wish everyone a wonderful day.